Welcome, welcome. This is two lawyers talking sports, or college college sports, sports law in general. This is uh, AP and Spence. AP, how you doing today? Doing great. Another sunny Friday, another podcast day. We did we missed podcasts last week. It's been a, a hectic little uh, rumble right now here with March Madness and different things. And we'll get into some of that. You had an exciting March Madness moment. Absolutely. You know, Unforgettable, but, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll get into that in this show. And a few things have happened and came down the pipe that we need to, to get into and bring it to the listeners. And so... Um, yeah, what, and get our, get our takes on it. Right? And get our takes, yeah. I mean, I mean, these are hot takes. Hot takes, right? I mean, basically, yeah, we, we look at the news. I mean, sometimes when we prepare for these podcasts, it's looking at the headlines and talking about it, right? That's what I think makes this one a little bit unique. A lot of podcasts don't do that. They come pre-planned with segments that they do over time. It's it's difficult to do a podcast where you pull from the headlines, and that's yeah. what we do because you're getting all late-breaking information, almost like a news story in a way. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, and so uh, what's going on? Is there something going on with name, image, and likeness? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and what, the thing I wanted to there's there's a t- there I feel like every day I read another story about a about a star athlete signing some huge deal, but but this is this is different. Okay. So it came out uh, last week that Adidas is is opening an NIL network to every college athlete and an Adidas-sponsored NCAA D1 school or university, okay? So it's a wide-spreading, it's wide-sweeping NIL network is is reaching out to over 50,000 student-athletes across 23 sports and 109 different schools, and they're going to be paid Adidas ambassadors. So essentially, they apply to be paid adidas ambassadors adidas says okay you're an ambassador now you wear our i mean they already have to wear their apparel at the game at the at the sporting events and and in practice and stuff but we want this you know we want you to be putting us on your instagram on your youtube or whatever uh your twitter page and we're going to pay you money for you know they haven't there's not really disclosures about like how the breakdown is going to be but essentially you're a paid adidas ambassador by adidas to do to 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 promote the Adidas brand, you know, and so this is a direct communication between the Adidas, the Adidas company and the student athlete, right? Yeah. Uh, so so I so my my first question for you, AP, is, you know, obviously, how you know because one of the rules of the NIL rules of the NCA is that the school can't kind of help facilitate the connection, right? But isn't this the school facilitating the connection by definition? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, just, do you see any of the problems here? It seems like there's some issues here, right? Yeah. It, you know, the, the, these name, image, and likeness, this is part of that Wild West. I feel like if you were lucky enough to be in college and playing sports right now over the last year, this year, maybe next year, you're probably going to get a windfall that may not exist a couple years down the road, and it certainly didn't exist in the past. The average uh, Adidas brand ambassador, based on Glassdoor research, uh, is paid almost $67,000 a year. So you wonder if they'll do something similar to that. So, you know, gosh, but can you imagine, Spencer, you're 18, 19, 20 years old. You're a women's basketball player, women's soccer player. You're not expecting anything but like a partial scholarship. You're going to college. When I was in college, I feel like I never had more than a couple hundred bucks in my bank account. I had some some old beater car, you know. And and if I was getting you know three or four thousand dollars a month while I'm going to school to just like promote a brand, it would be like unbelievable. You know, I think I can't believe this. I have money. I can pay for a cell phone. I can go have spending money. And so that right now to be a college athlete 
at the Division One level is like a windfall. It's unbelievable, and what a fortunate time for those athletes. And I'm sure it probably rubs some athletes the wrong way that maybe five years ago they couldn't do any of this, and they thought, "Gosh, this man, I could have been making millions, and I didn't." And then what if you just like almost made pro, but you didn't quite, and then now you're working some regular job, and you thought, "I just missed that boat." Yeah. You know? I mean, some of these kids are going to be graduating. Some of these non-professional. I mean, because what's the percentage? Like less than two percent go yeah, pro. Very few, right? So less than two percent of college athletes go pro. And so you know, some of these non, you know, maybe some of these Olympic type sports, or uh, or you know, some of the end of the bench guys on the on an NCAA football team or basketball team or something could could walk out of school with you know a pretty good chunk of change in the in the bank if they if they play their cards right. Yeah, but I guess the question. So it just brought up a, an issue. So, if I'm an Adidas, if I'm Adidas, am I going to be paying every single athlete who contacts me to apply for this Adidas to be an Adidas ambassador? Am I going to pay them all the exact same amount? So, like, let's say I, I can't. Even, I mean, can you think what's an Adidas school? I, Arizona State. Okay, Arizona State. So, so let's say Arizona State starting quarterback contacts Adidas and says, hey, I want to be one of your ambassadors. Of course. And, but at the same time, the backup catcher on the baseball team who never sees the field contacts them and says, hey, you know, I want to be paid too. And then at the same time, the starting <laughs> first baseman on the softball team and the starting libero on the women's volleyball team. Yeah. All four are contacting. Are they, are they – is Adidas going to be paying all four the exact same amount? Yeah, I would think no. Right, uh, no. Right. It's kind of the answer has to be no. Yeah, I would. I'm sure, and, and they might say maybe for the backup softball player, or baseball player, they might say, "Hey, look, that's fantastic. Yeah, promote our brand, do this and that, and we'll pay you a thousand bucks as a stipend." But for that person, they think, "Hey, it's a thousand bucks for not really." Yeah. So no harm in it, right? And and Adidas has sort of been. Um, they've found themselves in trouble. I mean, they were part of this grassroots problem, right? By by, so it's kind of funny that they're the ones getting the forefront of college paying when they've already caused a college national scandal. But Adidas has done a good job of getting in like kind of a grassroots level with young kids. When I was at USC, Adidas was starting to become a popular, even though it was USC was a a uh, Nike school. Um, you know, Adidas was popular. I would see kids, you know, whether it was Juju Smith Schuster, whoever, maybe wearing like an Adidas shirt. He wasn't sponsored by them, you know, or anything like that. But it was just, it was just a popular brand, brand, kind of like Champion. When I was younger as a yeah. kid, Champion for me was like what I wore because it was like at Ross Dress for Less, right? And and it was or Converse was or, really popular. Or Converse, <laughs> yeah, Converse, you know, and you could get it at Kmart for you know seven ninety nine. Now those you know are like popular brands, and things change, right? Good marketing, and and I think Adidas is trying to do that here. This is brilliant on their part, where they're because of, but now I wonder is Nike going to do it? Absolutely. Why wouldn't do it? they? New Balance. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Why, what's holding yeah, Under Armour. I mean, you know, Under. I know Under Armour has a great has a big deal with, um, uh, with Utah. a couple of schools, Utah, and Maryland. So why wouldn't Under Armour do the same? Why wouldn't Nike Gatorade. do the same? Gatorade. You know, any any of them. I mean, you know, and and you get and I know that if I'm an Adidas guy, I'm thinking, right? One of their one of their big wigs is I'm thinking, hey, we we sponsor fifty thousand of these kids. One of these kids is going to turn out to be the next. James Harden or someone like that—that's guaranteed gonna be an incredible player, and we're gonna and we're gonna have an automatic connection with this guy or girl, and they're and they're gonna be able to come and make us a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean that. I mean that. If I'm Adidas, absolutely, I'm I'm contacting every single person and getting them in the door and having an established relationship with them, so that when they leave college, 
they already have a they already have a deal. But that just smacks of. Well, they just got in trouble for doing. This. I know, but I know. It, but it's like it's like, are we going down the same path, or is it true that the NCA is just allowing? This to happen. Yeah, I think for a while they are because everybody's getting cute with the rules is what I call it where there's like vague areas and non-defined areas and rules. But it's kind of against the intent. And you zoom in right there knowing it's sort of against the intent. You're kind of getting cute with it. I feel like Adidas is doing that a little bit. They are kind of, you know, by definition connecting with the school. They know whether the school's a Nike. They're not going to do this at USC because USC is a Nike school. Right. So they're paying attention to what school is. BYU is a Nike school as well, right? That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, it makes me nervous. (laughs) This whole idea, a lot of it's turning into not what the NCAA wanted. And they're going to rein it in. They just haven't figured out how to rein it in. But now I think once you let the cat out of the bag and try to rein things back in, it's a problem. And so it's going to be hard to rein it back in. You're going to have Nike then. What's going to prevent Nike from saying, hey, any Oregon Duck, if you're just an Oregon Duck athlete, we're sending you $10,000. And you're going to be a Nike brand ambassador. And you can opt out if you want to, but yeah. who's going to opt out of getting 10 grand or 20 grand? Nobody Nobody. Is. And so then everybody in Oregon is going to be just this huge promoter of Nike. And now it's a, it's a big advantage that they can sell. Like, hey, come to Oregon. You're going to get a check for 10 grand or 20 grand or 50 grand from Nike every year. And it's just, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I guess I don't really understand. I thought the whole point of college athletics was to have people be amateurs, just like when they go to the Olympics and that sort of thing. I don't know why it's just a kind of a race to the the bottom about corporations and money and profits. And it just kind of, to me, it just has a weird taste in my mouth for amateur athletes. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, and I agree 100%. And, but one of the things you talked about in this in this NIL deal is, is, is that Adidas, and it's very, it's kind of ironic that Adidas is the school that is, Going or is or Adidas is the brand that's going out in front of this and trying to make this big deal when they're the ones who got the Oklahoma States, LSU's, Kansas, yeah. Creighton, those schools that are in trouble with the NCAA right now and they're being investigated <laughs> right now, right? Adidas was the one who who did all of this. Yeah, now they're at the forefront. It's like they're thumbing the nose at at the NCAA rules, right? Saying we don't give a rip about your NCAA rules. We're going to promote our brand however we see fit. And, and that's what they're doing, right? And you're going to have Kansas uh, basketball. I mean, here's Kansas basketball could be in the national championship. They could win the national championship. Yeah. And they're in an investigation from an underbelly situation with Adidas. Yeah, so much so that, you know, we already know that, that some schools got dinged pretty heavily. Um, uh, uh, Oklahoma State was, was not allowed to go to the NCAA tournament this year. They were banned for a year. LSU just filed, fired its coach, Will Wade, who was involved in this. It's a big move. You're, Which high, you're big firing move. your big name and, head coach. Yeah, but they fired him like oh, the week of March Madness. I mean, it was like, are you crazy? Like, yeah. you know, they ended up, I think they lost in the first round, didn't they? They did. And, yeah. and so it's like, well, gosh, I mean, what are, they, what are they thinking here? You know, it's you're, you're, you're firing your head coach the week of March Madness. Something huge must be coming down the pipe if, if, if they do that, right? I mean, what does that sh- tell you? We don't know. We know what the allegations are, right? There had to be well, some merit there, that they took action. There had to be some merit, right? Why, why else fire Will Wade, who is you know, one of the most prominent coaches in the SEC, for sure. Maybe yeah. not on the national level, but in the SEC, he was a big-time coach. I mean, what, what is that? If, if you're firing a coach a week before a bowl game, the NCAA tournament, whatever, what does that tell, tell you as a as a as, yeah. as someone who is in compliance. I mean, it, yeah, you don't do that. I mean, it, it takes a lot to fire a coach anyways. Um, 
you would never do that because you put the kids in jeopardy as well, not just the coach. And so you wouldn't do it unless, you know, the NC doesn't have subpoena power and it's nice to fire their coach. So then they can't get statements from that coach. They can't, um, you know, take depositions of that coach and embarrass the school. So obviously LSU was in deep. It was a problem. <clears throat> Apparently Kansas was in deep too, very deep. And yet they extended Bill Self. You know, he's, he's going to the championship. It's not a great look, I think, for the NCAA in a lot of ways that if you have schools that are kind of involved in scandal um, right there at the forefront of, of um, you know, the NCAA tournament. But the NCAA tournament, it is a business. There is money involved. Um, and Adidas is a business. They're, they're interested in profit. And brand awareness. Adidas is trying to turn their brand around from it's a grassroots effort at youth. If you start people in elementary school liking Adidas, and then middle school, then high school, by the time they come to the pros, they really like it. They grew up with the brand. That's right. Um, and that's what Adidas has been trying to do for a little while. Uh, the rules be darned, you know. And this technically falls, I think, within the name, image, and likeness rules, but it's just very bizarre. I thought the whole point really was that I'm sure the NCAA wanted is, you know, Jane can have a Facebook page or a YouTube page. She can sell some, some shoes. That's or, how or, it was sold. It was sold that way. And, and these poor athletes, but I never bought that because I've been there, Spencer. I've, I've literally worked with football and men's basketball and the football players would walk around in the best gear, Dre beats, Apple watch, iPad in hand, on a scooter, a motorized scooter around campus with a, a really nice Nike backpack, all the food they can eat, a stipend for their really nice on-campus apartment. These are these are people that are helping the school out a lot, yes. But these are not people – it's always sold as these are people like on, on – not all of them. I'm talking about men's basketball really and football. Those that are on full scholarship. Those athletes – they didn't have it that bad. I mean, they really didn't. I, I saw it for years and years. And I thought, gosh, these athletes have it pretty good already. You're going to school for free, debt-free, great food. You know, you got all the gear. You got iPad. They, it would be kind of a, a gift. There's a lot of buckets that they could give things to athletes. And so they got the iPad, the Apple Watch, the, the phone. You know, they got um, the gear. I didn't – when I mean – They have the best tutors. The best tutors, yeah. the whole thing. And all school is free, parking's free, books free. Um, and so they already had a pretty good deal. And now, now it's getting kind of strange where you can have millions of dollars of deal and you have like a Caleb Williams at USC that's driving around in like a, a you know, Range Rover of sorts and some off-campus beach house and a hot tub. And you start thinking, this isn't a, a, an amateur athlete right. at this point. They just aren't. They're not amateur they're athletes not. anymore. Yeah, they're not. They're professionals. But then what's the next step? What's going to happen? Is it, is it tax implications? Are they going to pay taxes to Adidas? Do they have to hire CPAs? Who's negotiating these deals? I don't know. Yeah, and and people and there's not a lot of information being shared with us about what what's going on, really. I feel like you and I, Spence, could start a side thing of of negotiating deals for name, image, and likeness purposes with a lot of athletes. Right. I'm telling you, that is there's a big money made in that right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy because uh, I I don't know if these athletes are ge- being properly advised. I mean, it's it's great if you agree. To be a data sponsor and be paid a hundred grand, but what are the implications of that, right? What are the implications of this, that, of tax, like you said, tax implications, uh, workers, uh, compensation. workers' compensation? Are you an independent yeah. contractor? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. There's so many. There's and what so if you could have got two fifty instead of hundred and be didn't have the right negotiator? Right, exactly. I don't know. You're using your 
your uncle to negotiate on your behalf or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just to sell cars, yeah. and so they figure he's a good negotiator. Well, I don't know, yeah. uh, you know, and so yeah, there's a lot to, but this is this is a this is big stuff. Um, Will Wade's gone, you know the and, and miss, we'll see what other, happens at Kansas. Yeah, we'll see what happens at Kansas. They might even go to the national championship. Another school is is still been in hot water, right? Yeah, like, still, but this is this is from a couple of years ago. Yeah. So this Memphis is a school that um, you know. Was was under investigation a couple of years ago uh, for some actions that Penny Hardaway had taken, who's their head coach, when he was the head coach of a high school team. So Penny, essentially, if, if for those of you, unless you want to go back and listen to our first couple of episodes about this, where it was really, I mean, this was one of our first things that we covered a couple of years ago. Yeah. So what happened essentially was that Penny Hardaway, when he was a high school coach, was that was also coaching in AAU and high school and all that stuff. And he had the cream of the crop players wanting to come and play for him. And he had this kid at the time named James Wiseman, who uh, was, uh, you know, number one overall recruit, was a center, incredible athlete. He's playing with the Golden State Warriors right now. I mean, he was, he was a, he's a stud, right? And at the time, Penny Hardaway was not the head coach of Memphis. Uh-huh. And so he then paid his... James Wiseman's family, $11,500 to come over and move to his to Memphis so that he could coach his son in high school. Right? Yeah. They could coach James Wiseman and son in high school. Well, then Penny Hardaway gets the head coaching gig at Memphis. And, and he recruits Wiseman to come play at Memphis. And Wiseman agrees to it. Mm-hmm. Right? But... What was Penny Hardaway at the time that he paid him the eleven thousand five hundred bucks? Oh, he's a booster. He's a booster. What is that? Why is that bad? Yeah, so boosters can't do that, right? Boosters. Now people forget. Uh, once you're a booster, you're a booster for life. The name, the, the title doesn't come and go. If you donate to a school uh, for like an athletics program, you're a season ticket holder. Uh, you know, you're 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 basically boosting up the athletics in any way. Obviously, you can't give anything to any prospective student-athletes. Money, gear, moving expenses, rides, gas money, flights, any of that. He's a booster. He's doing it. And surprise, surprise, he committed there. You know, it's kind of funny, too. James Wiseman, when I was at USC, I was working with men's basketball at the time. And, I'm, and I got a cool story. I'm walking to the Galen Center, which is their football uh, or um, their basketball facility. You've been there. I've been there. Yeah, beautiful facility. And and when we were there, unfortunately, it was kind of locked down for some football stuff. But it's uh, if we can kind of get inside, it's really nice. And there's you know volleyball courts and different things. And well, I'm walking around, and and Weissman comes around. He's on an official visit at USC. He was very very close to considering going to USC. Right. Um, you know, and and USC's had other recruits as well um, that that were big time that considered. But but it was just kind of funny. You know, these recruits and what people have to do. And I remember at the time when he committed to Memphis, I remember thinking, Memphis? Like, what? you know, what? okay, I wonder what the... And the NCAA does look at this stuff, right? They have people there that like, well, if somebody doesn't take an official visit somewhere and they they go there, that's kind of strange. Right. Or if they haven't been there that often, you know, that sort of thing. And so Wiseman, you know, I'm not surprised there's been as much smoke as there has been uh, at, at Memphis from this, this big-time recruit. But look at it. Yeah, I mean, Penny Hardaway gets a five-star recruit, and, and he gets a big name for the program. That could turn into a lot of things for him. It's worth rolling the dice to try to get him. 
Um, but you know, he rolled the dice a little bit too much, and now he's in some hot water, and it looks like they're not going to be able to get out of it. Yeah. So interesting. So the NCA is report. So Memphis reportedly, of course, we yeah. do not have a final decision no. here, right? Yeah, so, so this is important. Yeah. But this was the first case that was accepted into the IARP uh, uh, reconsideration process because Memphis is fighting this, obviously. And it sounds like what what uh, is being reported is that there, Memphis is going to be facing four level one violations and two level two violations. And that Penny Hardaway specifically participated in at least one of the level one violations and two of the level two violations. Uh, and that the NCA is going to allege that Hardaway failed to demonstrate that he promoted an atmosphere of compliance within the men's basketball program. So two questions for you. Level one violations, obviously we've talked about this, those are the most serious violations. With, with Penny Hardaway being allegedly being found essentially uh, compliant in, in, or, or guilty essentially of these level one violations and two level two violations, what kind of penalty could Penny Hardaway be looking at? Yeah, I mean, a lot. You know, when you're dealing with, with level one stuff, I mean, that's the real serious stuff. Um, you get a lawyer up. You know, the NCAA takes kind of an inconsistent uh, stance on some of that, where some schools get just leveled and, and postseason bans. Others avoid it, and they just do firings and probation. I think a little bit they look at the history of the school. Seems like the ones, though, that lately the NCAA has been a little inconsistent, too inconsistent on what they're, how they're handling majors. Normally, how majors used to be handled is it would be a postseason ban of at least uh, one season. At least a year. At least a year, maybe two. Uh, they kind of learned on that, and they realized how draconian that can be. It can take like 10 years to pull out of it. So now I think they're more like one. <laughs> what they're going for now, instead of punishing the school, they're trying to punish the newest flavors to punish the individual, and not the school so much. You know, Because USC got punished as a big school, and it's like punishing kids that weren't involved in it. And they're like, well, how's this fair? You know, and coach and, is not involved. Yeah, in yeah. And so now I think they're okay. Yeah. So, so Penny Hardaway could definitely get terminated. You know, he's, he's, he's going to now have his head on the chopping block. He may never be, he might have a 10 year show cause order. So for like a decade, any other institu- institution that wants to hire him would have to show cause as at a, like a hearing as to why he's a better fit than any other candidate. That's a hard burden to do. Right. He may never work in college athletics now, again. Now, he played at Memphis, right? He played at Memphis. So, so that, I mean, you know, he could just stay there and they could just... They could they be. They kind of thumb their nose at the NCAA through this whole process. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it's possible that he could stay there, right? If yeah. He, he, but, but you think, I mean... I think that they're gonna, the NCAA's going to pressure him where they're going to say, do you want to have like a postseason ban, loss of a couple scholarships, be in probation for four years, have a $10,000 fine, and a bunch of recruiting restrictions, uh, or do you want to fire him at Penny Hardaway? And you tell us what you'd rather do. I think they end up terminating him. They'll go find some other coach, start clean. Because um, he just got there, right? And then, and then he gets yeah, there. Yeah, he's only been there two, three years. And it's instant majors and in smoke, right? And so it's not – that's not good. I mean, you know, he hasn't been able to get around it. I don't think Memphis is going to have the cachet with the NCAA where they're going to be able to hire the premier attorneys and figure this out. They're going to get local boosters and people like that. And, and they're going to get themselves in the hot water, and they already have. And so – um, you know, but the NCAA, I, I, they've surprised me as of late where there's been times where I thought somebody was going to get crushed like Kansas. Yeah. Kansas should have been crushed and they, and maybe they still will, but it doesn't appear that. I, I doubt it. It doesn't appear that much yeah. is happening right now. And that's baffled some folks. Um, so, you know, it's hard for me to say now the NCAA's kind of changed their, their views have been inconsistent and they've had turnover at the NCAA and that hasn't helped. But my gut tells me that Memphis is in a lot of trouble. 
and they're going to have to probably terminate. Um, yeah, I think you'll find out in the next year or so that Penny Hardaway's terminated. They have some moderate sanctions, and then they try to move on from it. Yeah, yeah. It would, certainly wouldn't surprise me. I, and I think that the Oklahoma states of the world would be really upset if uh, Memphis gets off of this scot-free. Yeah. Right? If, if they get a slap on the wrist, mm-hmm. you're on probation for three years, you've got uh, you know a reduction of one scholarship per year over the next three years or something like that. Yeah. Some minor penalty for four for four level one violations and two level two violations would be surprising. Very surprising. I mean, I mean, gosh, at the time when USC had a couple of uh, level ones, I mean, think about what they did. I mean, they gutted them. Two-year bowl ban, one of the hardest penalties ever. And this was a different era for the NCAA. Now things have changed. Um, you know, I think what's going to happen is, you know, the NCAA is going to march on stage at like the Oscars. They're going to slap huh. uh, Memphis across the, the right cheek and say, you know, uh, yell it. I'd yell at Memphis, and I think that's that's coming. I think that they're they're going to be forced. Their hand's going to be forced, like Will Smith's hand was forced. Yeah, Spence. Yeah, yeah, that's assault. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was, wasn't it? it yeah, was yeah speaking of that a little bit. Yeah, what you saw that right? Ever the whole world saw it. What is your initial take on that? I honestly, I I I don't know. So, my initial take on it is it's assault that Chris Rock, uh, you know, has the right to file a complaint against, you know, file criminal charges against Will Smith. Never going to happen, but. Could you sue him? Do you think you could? Yeah, absolutely. You could sue him for for damages, like emotional, emotional distress. distress. Absolutely. Uh, there's a civil complaint there. There's an assault. There's a tort. That's an assault, right? That's uh, an unwanted touching. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. Chris Rock didn't want it. Now, the question is, was it staged? Right. That and I don't think we'll ever find out the answer to that. But yeah. it seems like yeah, the, I mean, the slap sounded real. The slap it sounded looked real. real. It looked real. It turned, he did look shocked. He looked like he was surprised. But you know, you never know. So I, my my thinking it was, I mean, nobody 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 was talking about the Oscars. Nobody I that I know of, anyways. I could give two two shakes about it. I didn't care yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden this thing happens, and now everyone's talking about the Oscars again. So like next year their viewership's probably going to be up because they're hoping for another it's, blow up like that. Yeah, yeah, an event. You're right. And so maybe it's the shot in the arm they needed. Maybe they staged it. I mean, can you tell me? Other than the fact that Will Smith won Best Actor, right? Because everyone knows, like, Will Smith goes out, like, he slaps him and then <laughs> screams obscenities, and then he wins the Best Actor, and he's like, I'm a person of love or whatever, right? Yeah. It's all below. And it's cheered. But can yeah. you tell me who won Best Picture, who won Best no. Actress, who won Best Director? No. Any any other thing? No. and I, don't, I can't. No, right? and I, I'm not a huge fan of the, those shows, those award shows. It kind of, it's kind of pretentious. It's this group of people coming together, giving each other awards. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even really pay attention. I'm one of those like some people get like have Oscar parties and right. everything. I just yeah, I've never really cared. But I remember someone saying, "Hey, did you hear about what Will Smith did?" You yeah. know, and I'm, I'm like, uh, "No, what's up?" And then I found the video, and then it's all over social media, and sure. it's all over. And I've watched the videos of it. I've seen it like thirty times now, and it it looked staged to me until he got so angry, like keep your what my wife's name out of your mouth, you know. And he said it the yeah. second time. I thought, wow, that guy sounds really upset like this it sounds legit he's a professional actor of course but the whole thing was really weird and maybe they will come back out later and say this was a joke i'm not sure nobody i think really knows for sure (laughs) but they're suspecting it a little bit um but you know uh we'll see Uh, i thought it was interesting but back to what we were doing it just i thought we had to touch on that because for sure uh you know it was interesting um so marsh madness what's going on now you had an interesting now let me i'll set the stage for you spence Every year uh, that it's not March Sadness, you know, but you you go to March Madness. As a fan, 
That's right. With a family member and, right. and some maybe some other family members and friends. You guys go and root for underdogs. We root. To, we change shirts. Yeah. So we we go to the first two sessions on the first day. Uh, so the first round and the second round games at a location, and we get the T-shirts for the underdog teams delivered through whatever Amazon or whatever. Um, and and then we change shirts between each shirt each each game, so that we're cheering for one team specifically each game. Yeah. So the like the peacocks. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. We would have gotten St. Peter's shirts, right? Or, or whatever. Yeah. So this year, we just happened to sit in front of, this was not by design, but we happened to sit in front of the uh, Coin Six or Press Row. And a reporter by the name of AJ McCarran, I think, was sitting right behind us. And as we were cheering for the Akron Zips as they lost to UCLA in a very close game, um, she leaned over and goes, what is going on with you guys? Because you guys have been changing shirts every, every, every game. Like, what, what is this? So I told her the story that this is something we do every year and that my cousin and I, we get together every year and we go to the March Madness. And anyways, we ended up getting interviewed and our spot made it onto the news. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, not even just the news. It was like one of the lead stories, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, first story on Saturday night on Coin6 was us talking talking about this fun experience. Yeah, and I'm sure it's still out there on YouTube. Or you can yep. probably Google it. Yep. So Coin6 TV, Spencer Kelly, and March Madness t-shirts. That's right. And that's they're right. Gonna, you're going to find this. You should check it out if you're listening. Well, check and I'll, it post, I'll post a link of, of it to on our Twitter account. Uh, so that you can go check it out if you'd like, if you follow us on Twitter. Uh, but it was super fun, and it's something that my boys will never forget. It was the first year we brought our boys. We bought we bought shirt for our boys. It was super super fun and, yeah. and an incredible experience. Yeah, that's really cool. Anyways. That's well, March Madness in general is just fun because it's exciting. I mean, who would have thought St. Peter Peacocks? I know I had them in the Elite Eight, oh, my bracket sure. uh-huh, for yeah. sure. But you didn't, right? I didn't. No, and, and you you won, by the way. Oh, did I win? Last, last you know, we, we decided, <laughs> I'm going to give you this here. Congratulations, AP. Let's play it one you, more now. Just kidding. You <laughs> yeah, won. Yeah. We, we both, we, we both did poorly, okay? I think the whole country did. Yeah. I mean, everything got all, poorly. yeah. I, I ended up with only 33 of the possible 164 points or something. You ended up with 45 of the possible 160 points. Very so poor. congratulations. Mm-hmm. I owe him a lunch at, at Buffalo Gap. We'll have to go next week. Yes. But uh, congratulations. But now we've got the final four. So let's wipe the, cl- let's wipe the, the slate clean here. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the final four. Neither one of us picked any of the final four teams. So hopefully you didn't listen to our episode a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, brutal. Which is surprising because there are some one and two seeds. Right. You know, but we still exactly. didn't. We you know. still didn't do well. So we got Duke and UNC. First time they've ever played. Right. First time they've ever played. This is scripted too well. Spence. Oh jeez, it's crazy. And yeah. then imagine if that if Kansas and Duke win. Duke's first <laughs> NCAA tournament that they won with Coach K was against Kansas. So it would be a rematch of the first time. I mean, it's just like, are you kidding me? Anyways. Yeah. So we've got Duke and UNC and Kansas Villanova. Now Villanova is missing its pro- arguably its second best player who got hurt. It's going to hurt them bad. Closing, yeah. But Villan and Villanova is a we play six or seven guys and that's it. Mm-hmm. Kansas is way deeper. It has a couple of kids that are studs, but so does Villanova. 
So, so first game, who do you got in the Duke UNC game? Yeah, I just think it's too good of a story, right? Like, like Coach K has. Remember, in his last home game, he loses to North Carolina. He apologizes for the game. Yeah, that was unacceptable. Unacceptable, but we aren't done yet. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna ring in like the videos of uh, Duke hallways and bookstores for fifty years, right? And now here he is in the Final Four. He meets this nemesis again of UNC. They've never played They've before. never played. They're the arch NCAA rivals. Tournament. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Duke, I guarantee you, Duke's going to win this game. It might be by six, five. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be emotional. Coach K is going to cut down the nets, and it's going to be, he's on, he's beaten his nemesis, and he's going to the championship for his final season. It's going to be the Coach K moment, and everybody in Duke world is going to be attending the Final Four game yeah. and the National Championship yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. And and it's just going to go nuts. So, okay, so then the question is, so you got Duke, okay? Uh, I, I, I would love it if UNC won this game. Oh, and I, absolutely. And, I cannot, and honestly, it, it, it hurts me to even cheer for either of these schools because they're always the favorites. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like how do you cheer for these, these guys when I'm, I always cheer for the little guy. So I'm going to be cheering hard for UNC, okay? I think Duke will win. I agree. But it would be really funny to me if UNC ended up winning. Well, yeah, because it would be double daggers. They yeah, lost yeah. his home game. He lost the Final Four. I just don't think it'll happen. I hope so, though. Yeah. Because Coach K, it's too – this whole celebrity coach kind of idea, you know, like good for Coach K. He spent 40 years there. But he, he's – you're telling me they've never had any violations, you know, in a long time, he, that he does it all right. I don't I don't know, man. Maybe he does. <laughs> but but you know they've they've gotten a lot of uh, favorable calls there at the end. Seems I, like yeah, it. It, it seems, seems like you know, it. especially in the Michigan State game. Yeah, big time. And and you know he's the, people are pulling for him and they want him to do well. And he's got his name in the court. Whenever you're a coach that's coaching and your name is on the floor while you're coaching, that's just kind of a strange. It almost seems like it should be happening after you're gone. I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it would be a great story if UNC beats him. They beat him in his last home game, and then they eliminated him in the Final Four. That would be... Um, but it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's all fantasy. Duke's winning the game, and it's going to be... Uh, they're going to play? Who do you pre- Well, I think it's going to be Kansas. I, unfortunately, I think you and, uh, I think Villanova with a full team would have, <laughs> uh, would have had, put up a bigger fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't think that Villanova is going to have the the horses to be able to stay up with Kansas. I think Kansas is talented. They're big. They've got that. They've got some dead eye shooters. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be Kansas Duke in the final game. And, you know, we'll see who wins. We'll see. Yeah. Well, who do you predict on winning that game? Uh, I would love it if Kansas won (laughs) again. And again, I don't like cheering for Kansas. The only team that of, of the four remaining that I don't mind cheering for is Villanova, just because, and they've won two national championships in the last ten years, right? Yeah, we know the athletic director. Yeah, and he was at USC. That's right. Yeah, and and so Villanova, you know, they're the little guy, right? Mark yeah. Jackson's name, by the way. Good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll of, the, check of the teams that are remaining, Villanova is the one team that I wouldn't mind if they won. It wouldn't. It, but all the other teams, you know, whatever. Let me do uh, this to you, Spence. I'm going to reach out to Mark Jackson at Villanova. If they if they lose, and we'll talk to them about the emotions of that game. Yeah, we'll get them on the podcast. That'd be fun. Athletic so, director Villanova. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, anyways, it, it it it's 
So I think it's going to be Kansas Duke and Duke winning it all, unfortunately. What about you? Yeah, I think exactly that, right? And then he's going to say, I beat my, my nemesis, and then I beat Kansas just like before. I went out on a, as a national champion, and you'll see him in the, the hallways of Duke. And he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be a legend he'll for, be forever, true. you know, and, and it's just some people have a charmed life like that, right? And he just seems to be that type. He's not the type that's going to go out first round and out in his last no. year. No. That's not going to be Coach K. Kind of like Kobe Bryant. It's the same idea where, of course, he has to have like 60 points and have some kind of magical game. That's right. You know, and, and uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't root for uh, Duke. I don't root for Coach K necessarily. Uh, I thought he was against COVID when it was convenient for him. And then he and was – for COVID later on. Yeah, for COVID later. I just thought that. I could be wrong. But it just, it just looked – you know, I, I just feel like <clears> – <throat> You know, it kind of reminds me. Nick Saban does this at Alabama a little bit, where he's not. He's he loved NIL. Loved, yeah. He him. was touting it for Alabama until other bigger market schools started getting it, and then it suddenly it's a problem. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. Yeah. Well, these legendary coaches, I think, are going to be a thing of the past. Twenty years from now, you're going to see more rotation with coaches, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think we're both on the same page. Uh, we're both making the same pick. Dude. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we hope everybody enjoys some of the final four. It's amazing that, that all these that we're down to four. I love March Madness, favorite time of the year. And we'll see how, how it goes this weekend, right? Absolutely. Have fun, everybody. Okay, here we go. Oh, I wanted it to be one shining moment. It didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> that sounds right, fair. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs>